What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Olympic Games. That's right. I have a couple of announcements here at the top. You do not want to fast forward, okay? This is valuable stuff, and uh, they are different than most weeks, so do not fast forward. This is the Olympics. Let's talk about last week real quick. Cam Champ gets it done. 150 to 1. It was a community win. Uh, the last two community wins that I can remember were, were two Camerons uh, over 100 to 1, so it has been a very good stretch. I literally could not pick out uh, two or even two dozen of the messages that were sent to me. The entire Slack channel was uh, lit on fire last night as as uh, Cam Champ ended up getting it done. Everybody had a winning ticket. Uh, there were guys that uh, won entries into the Fantasy Golf World Championships. There were guys with outrights. There were guys who won uh, mini maxes. I, I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. I, I picked out three uh, to give shout outs to, and, and and I'm sorry if I missed out on you, Dan. Log uh, said he's been trying to get a shout out for a while. Here it is, Dan. Congratulations! Turns two hundred and five dollars into eleven thousand two hundred and five dollars. Eric, um, actually, this one I found very interesting. So Eric said, "Thanks for pointing out that you can shop the number on Cameron Champ." I went to DraftKings. I got it at one hundred and fifty to one. Turned his one hundred dollars into fifteen thousand dollars, which is really a lesson in shopping. It you know it would have been a great number, it would have been a great price on Cam Champ if you got it at eighty to one, like he was in some places. But other places had it at hundred, had it at one ten, had it at one fifty. If you have the ability to shop, you should be shopping, especially for the long shots, uh, because that makes a big difference. The difference between eighteen to one and twenty to one, not that big a deal. Difference between one hundred and one fifty, huge deal. And then Sam Dane's back at it again. Uh, won the five hundred and fifty-five dollar for f- for fifty thousand, and in total for the week, won about seventy-three thousand. Congratulations to you guys! Congratulations to everybody! Awesome week! I'm stoked to get right back at it again, and I'm going to give away something interesting, or maybe give away something interesting. So here's <clears throat> here's what's going on this week. Um, as you guys may or may not know. The two South Korean players, Sung Jae-im and Siwoo Kim, if they are able to get a medal at the Olympic Games, they will they will not have to do the mandatory two-year military training in South Korea. Now, it is obviously a big deal, and these guys skipped the Open Championship to prepare for the Olympics. So here is what I'm going to do. If Sung Jae-im medals, uh, I'm going to give away these. So if you've not seen these before, um, these are... Sung Jae's uh, Foot Joy model. So this is the same model that he wears out on the golf course. Uh, they are custom designed for the St. Jude Classic. So you can see there's kind of some 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 cool designs on there that uh, kids from the Children's Hospital did. And uh, he signs them both. They're, they're, they're both signed. I, I acquired these uh, last year at, at the, the, the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Um, and I love them, and they sit in my background. However, here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to give these away. Um, if Sung JM medals, I will give one shoe away, and I will raffle off the other. And the proceeds from that raffle will go right back to uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So that that's my goal here. So here are the ways that you can enter the draw. And it's very similar for, for most weeks. Uh, if you're here on Twitter... Make sure you've liked this video, you're subscribed to the channel, and comment below with who you think is going to win the gold medal. That's one way. Another way is to go to the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards of the Unknown. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and leave me your Twitter handle. That's a second way. 
A third way is to retweet uh, the tweet that I have in the description, essentially for this giveaway. Retweet it. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. That's a third way to enter. Uh, So that gives you three opportunities, three different chances. Go do them all and rack up your opportunities. And if Sungjae is standing on the podium on Sunday afternoon, um, you have a chance to, to win these. And if he does medal, I will figure out, you know, next week, um, how I'll raffle one of these off, but it's a really slick shoe in general. It is the same model that Sungjae wears. It's a custom one and it's signed. So really, really cool stuff there. As far as content goes, for this week, I'm going to try to keep it as um, as as similar as possible. DFS preview on Monday, uh, Tuesday will be bets, and I don't know if it'll be one and done. I'm not sure how many of you have one and done uh, aspirations for this week, considering there's not a real prize pool. Uh, and then um, Wednesday, we're still going to do the live chat. That's going to be 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. There will also be a Jock Market Power Hour, 8:15 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. That's Jock Market. That's Stock Market DFS. There is not a contest for this week, but we will do data strategy um looking back at some of the biggest movers some of the biggest losers it's going to be fun join us um we'll probably give away a hundred dollars in jock bucks there as well we'll figure out something it'll be a lot of fun uh, and there will not be a cut sweat show not only because there will not be a cut uh but also because it, it the timing would be the middle of the night uh and i can't imagine many of you guys are going to tune in live so we'll skip that for this week and pick back up on it um soon i think that is everything Big congrats to all the winners last week. There's a lot to talk about for this week. Oh, and here's the final thing. Do not let anyone tell you this is not going to be fun or exciting. Do not let the Debbie Downers say, oh, John Rahm withdrew, Bryson DeChambeau withdrew. This field is so weak. Don't let them say, oh my gosh, it's stroke play. There's only 60 golfers. We see this all the time on the PGA Tour. Don't let them say that. These are the same people that are going to be absolutely stoked on Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning, maybe in this case, when guys are battling it out for medals and there's a lot on the line and great golf is being played. Don't let them not get you excited. This is a fun event. We don't get it often. There was a chance that we weren't going to get this at all. I'm stoked for it. You should be too. Let's talk about it. All right, everything that you see from here on out is my website. It's rickrungood.com. I love it. You will love it too. You should go sign up. The format, as I already mentioned, is the uh, the four rounds, no cut. It's stroke play at the end of the day. Whoever is uh, atop the leaderboard is going to win uh, the golf tournament, going to win the the gold medal. Uh, The course, on the other hand, is Kasumi Gaseki Country Club, the East Course. They have two courses over there. And um, if you remember back to Rio... The course for the golf Olympics were uh, it, it was it was created specifically for the Olympic Games. It was a Gil Hans design. They had many year or you know years to get it done. Um, and I remember you know it was kind of it was really hard to figure out because they were still trying to figure it out during practice rounds. They were charting uh, where drives were landing, where drives were finishing, where uh, you know approach shots were landing because they needed to figure out where the tee should be. It was just it was kind of fun, right? A brand new golf course. Um, not so much here. Kasumi Gaseki has been around for a hundred years. It is, um, uh, tree lined, you know, I can, I'll, I'll link the, the flyover videos in the description as well. 
It's tree-lined, uh, so you certainly can get into trouble out there. A lot of Japanese courses, if not all, I guess not all Japanese courses, but a lot of Japanese golf courses um, have two greens for every single hole. You might remember this from uh, the Zozo Championship, the year that Tiger won. Remember, they went over there and played this. Um, it, you know, because in the winter, uh, I guess they're I guess they're two different strains of grass. In the winter, they use one green. In the summer, they use another. While those uh, greens are flourishing, and what it really creates is usually two small greens around um, around these holes. Now, well, first of all, it's probably why. Hideki uh, is such a great ball striker also growing up and having to hit to constantly smaller targets because two greens usually means two smaller greens. The the Fazios, uh, I believe it's Tom Fazio and his son, five years ago did a redesign of this course to modernize it and to get it ready for the Olympics. And what they did is they combined those two greens into one. I could not find the official square footage of those greens at this point, but I did a little Google Maps uh, calculating. I believe they are just a hair larger than a tour average. Okay, that's that's what we're working with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, uh, they are bent grass, and Fazio added uh, a un- undulation in the fairways, uh, modernized it. You're going to see there there are lakes in play. There are harsh bunkers uh, with with sharp lines, and they're very deep. I do not think this is going to be a- an incredibly difficult golf course because I think for the Olympics they want scoring, they want guys to go out and make a lot of birdies. But it has been modernized. It's been lengthened 500 yards. It's 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 going to be a nice little test. So um, should be good. You can see the the uh, bent grass specialists here. I do have the one year years worth of Olympic men's competition, um, course, course correlation numbers in, in the database here in the course key stats tool. Again, it's one year. There were 60 golfers. Justin Rose won it. So the highest correlated stat, uh, to success, uh, was birdie or better percentage and driving accuracy and strokes gain T degree. This is going to be very, very noisy, but since I had it, I figured why not show it? Why not give the kicks for the people? Um, I think this week we are looking for well-rounded players. You have to shape the ball in both directions. I think uh, ball striking is something we haven't talked about in, in a while. I mean, it's good every single week, but again, I think you're going to be rewarded what by playing out of the fairway, obviously, but being able to give yourself a lot of opportunities, being able to hit to the certain uh, specific areas of these greens, the way that the angles go. So this is similar to some holes at Augusta National. The way that the, uh, the greens angle, essentially what can happen is, you know, for example, the further right that you go on the green, the further away and the farther you have to carry it. That's that's the, a very specific type of angulation uh, that you see at some golf courses. And, and what it usually means is you have to have your distance control really, really good. Because if you miss, you know, uh, five yards to the right, that's a different number that you were trying to hit. You're no longer pin high, you know, on the green, you are missing the green. So I I do believe it is really going to benefit some of the better ball strikers. Um, Now I do have all of of course, the strokes gain data loaded in. Now, the vast, you know, half of the field, there's there's probably not strokes gain data on, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe a, a, um, a quarter of the field, because they're, you know, the 300, 400, 500th ranked players in the world, they don't play on the PGA Tour, they play on the Japanese Tour, they play on the Challenge Tour, the Sunshine Tour, all these different places. So keep that in mind. Uh, the strokes gain data will be available for the guys that have it. So if we're looking at, for example, the last 36 rounds, and we sort by strokes gained approach, which is going to be important every single week, but certainly 
consistently here. Antoine Rosner is number one, only eight measured rounds on him. It's Colin Morikawa uh, by far the next best, uh, averaging 1.8 strokes gained per round over his last 36. He's pretty much head and shoulders above Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Justin Thomas, and Hideki Matsuyama, who would round out the next set of golfers there. So uh, let's jump over to the cheat sheet because the pricing is going to be very important this week if we're going to have to try to deploy a Stars and Scrubs or if we can go with a more balanced build. The good news for this week is that DraftKings held off on releasing the pricing until I think Sunday night is when it came out or Sunday at some point. Uh, so the news of John Rahm withdrawing, the news of Bryson DeChambeau withdrawing and being replaced by Patrick Reed uh, had already occurred. So there are not huge voids in the pricing, which is very, very interesting. So now Colin Morikawa is the most expensive golfer. He's 11200 He is one of six golfers over 10000 along with Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Rory McIlroy, and Patrick Reed. As this event gets closer, I'll do my best to project the ownership for an event like this. Um, but there is something appealing about Colin Morikawa. Let's be real. This is a place that ball strikers are going to thrive. Uh, Morikawa has been... Uh, obviously excellent. The only knock against him is, oh my gosh, he just won the Open Championship. Golf is the only sport in the world in which we penalize the guy uh, who is uh, the best player on the planet at the moment. And it's not even close in terms of strokes gained approach. He has been in Tokyo since, oh, I'm going to get my days messed up. I think he flew there Friday, so I think he he was first seen on the course Saturday or Sunday. So, I mean, he's he's been there. He's He's ready to rock and roll, and he is not overly expensive when you compare him to the rest of his peers. There's a little bit of an awkward pricing between Thomas and Xander Shoffley. Uh, those guys in most betting markets are flipped, which I think is a little bit generous uh, towards Xander Shoffley being 10,700 and making him the second shortest odds, or in some cases, the same odds to win as Colin Morikawa. I love Xander. He doesn't win as much as he should. A little bit jarring to see the uh, the outright numbers you know, reflective of, of, of him being much closer to Colin Morikawa, which I do think presents us an opportunity with Justin Thomas. And it's been a little bit of an awkward stretch of golf uh, for JT since the, um, since his win at the players championship. Uh, but he's, you know, to me, at least starting to show a few signs, right? You know, struck it well at the Valspar, struck it well at Wells Fargo, struck it well at the Memorial. We don't have his, his, his advanced metrics from the Open Championship because they don't exist. And the putter, while still volatile, has, it's been, you know, gained five strokes putting at Torrey Pines. Maybe he can go out and do something like that again. I, I just think that um, with the way that the pricing shakes out, uh, there's going to be a lot of love for Morikawa. There's going to be a lot of love for Xander and everybody between. JT's your forgotten man there. So I imagine he's going to be the leverage play. We can confirm that more on Wednesday. In a similar boat, uh, the forgotten man at the bottom of the $10,000 range has to be Rory McIlroy. You know, wins Quail Hollow, plays well enough at the U.S. Open. You know, he was in the thick of it late on Sunday. Uh, Open Championship let him down a little bit, but at 10300 I think a lot more people are going to opt for the narrative around Tadeki Matsuyama. They are going to opt for uh, Captain America, Patrick Reed, who, by the way, listen, kudos to Patrick Reed. Whether you like him or not, um, it is not an easy decision to kind of put yourself out there and say, wow, you know, I wasn't expecting uh, to play the Olympics. I had just come from the Open Championship. I went back to Minnesota. Now I have to go to Tokyo. And with the, um, you know, the quarantining and the protocols, he's going to show up like Wednesday night. He he is not going to see 
Kasumi Gaseki before he steps on it Thursday morning. And and I think a lot of guys would have just said, no thanks, the logistics are too tough. Uh, I don't want to get embarrassed on a course I've never seen before. I'm going to be jet-lagged. I, I don't particularly love his chances. I'm actually not even sure it's a great course fit for him. I think the price is a little bit uh, inflated. I like the guys in the 9K range a lot better. Uh, but hats off, man. I mean, Patrick Reed not going to miss out on an opportunity to play for Team America for Team USA. Um, I- I'm impressed. It's it's going to be t- it's going to be an uphill battle for him. I think that's the case. All right, the 9K range. This is where things start to get uh, pretty interesting here. And we can start looking at this on the Holy Grail because uh, there's, I mean, just so much good stuff here. I could go many different ways with this. But if we go since the start of 2021 and just sort this by strokes gain total, you know, who are the players playing the best this year? Um, you know, Colin Morikawa, number one of anybody with a, with a big sample size. Paul Casey's number two. Now, he has cooled off, in my opinion, a little bit. You know, he has the Open Championship, the top fit. Maybe he really hasn't cooled off. Top 10 at the PGA, the USA, US Open, the uh, top 15, a 15th place finish at the Open Championship, ball striking extraordinaire. Maybe he hasn't cooled off. I might be wrong about that. Um, he is the the best guy in the 9K range. The second guy that I wanted to get to was, was, was Victor Hovland. And, you know, he kind of backdoors his way into a top 15 finish at the Open Championship, which people are going to knock, right? They're going to be like, oh, you know, he didn't play particularly well, and he shows up and he gets and he gets a, 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 uh, a good finish. But he just continues to be a ball-striking fiend who wins golf tournaments, right? Wins in uh, two in uh, on the PGA Tour, one in Europe. The guy figures out a way to get it done. He's 9,900. Casey, as I mentioned, was 95. Uh, then these two guys, you know, the, the Abraham answer, Joaquin, Neiman, uh, bottom of the $9,000 range is, is pretty interesting. Answer is, uh, 93. And I mean, let's just, let's just keep on rolling here. Let's see. Answer is piling up, uh, weeks where he gained strokes off the tee, gained strokes on approach. The places that he is, his worst performances recently, Torrey Pines, we didn't really expect him to play well there. And the open championship Royal St. George's made the cut finished 59. A lot of guys missed the cut. There's a lot that can go wrong at an open championship when he's playing on the PGA tour or kind of similar type conditions. Uh, he's been awesome. So we're still kind of waiting for that breakthrough victory, but it would not surprise me at all to see answer making noise and contending for a medal. The one that I think is probably, um, you, you know, I get this question a lot, like who's, who's the best player in the field. And there's a lot of different ways to answer that. The way that I kind of look at it is in terms of value. Um, I think, I think at the open championship, the obvious one was Jordan Spieth, right? He, I think he was $9,700. He was like the sixth or seventh highest priced golfer on the slate. Um, Royal St. George's was a perfect spot for him an open championship, all that good stuff. The argument could be made that it's Joaquin Neiman this week. 9,200. And he is much longer than people want to give him credit for. He's a much better putter than people want to give him credit for. He is, uh, a, a, he is a really fiery competitor. And I know that that's kind of difficult to quantify, especially for someone like me, but look how improved this putter is. I mean, he's consistently gaining strokes with the flat stick. He's been awesome off the tee. He's been 
pretty darn good on approach. Um, I think when he gets going, we saw this at the President's Cup. You you slap a you know some type of uh, a national team or whatever on him, and he's ready to he's ready to rock and roll. This kid's really really good, and for only ninety two hundred dollars, I think he has uh, legitimate win equity in a field that runs out of legitimate win equity very very quickly. I mean, there are maybe what generously. T- 25 golfers who could win this. I think that's that may be generous. It might be honestly it might be 12, it might be 20, but I think that of the guys that have legitimate win equity, um uh, Joaquin Neiman is certainly one of them. All right, so now we get to Sung Jay. Uh, $9,000. Uh we can talk about him and, and Siwoo Kim here at the same time. You know, this is this is a really difficult thing to try to figure out because uh there is, for these two guys who could avoid the two-year mandatory uh, military training in their prime, uh, Sungji, I think, would have one more chance because you have to complete it by the time you're – someone's going to correct me on this, like 27 or 28, whatever it is. So Sungjae, in theory, could have one more Olympic Games uh, to try to to do this. So, But for Siwoo, it, it's, it's his last crack at it. And these guys skipped the Open Championship. They have been focusing on the Olympics. Uh, This is their major, right? This is their everything. And that could be good and it could be bad, right? Uh, Think about the pressure that you are uh, kind of being put under in this scenario. Now, I think there's a couple of differences. For for DFS purposes, unfortunately, they're both going to be pretty popular. Um, The way that I will probably treat these guys is I will bet them to medal um, and just say, say, you know what? Only once out of every four or five years, I'm not going to miss out on the FOMO. I'm going to bet these guys. You, what you do have to consider is that uh, if you're betting them to just win, that might be troublesome because to these guys, it doesn't matter what color the medal is, just that they have one. So you can imagine a scenario in which late in the round, late on Sunday, if you have if you're kind of solidified in second place, uh, there is not much incentive for these guys to try to go for first. They might want to protect the medal. And I think that is something you need to consider. So the way that I'll probably do this is avoid them for DFS purposes. And, and I can figure that out uh, as, we get, as we get later in the week uh, because the ownership is... Um, you know, the ownership is going to be so important here, but I think it's going to be inflated and then just bet them to meddle and worry about it again in four years or something like that. You know, it, it, it to me, there's a lot of factors here. Uh, if we just look at straight at their straight game, I mean, Sungjae, let's be real. I mean, he hasn't played a lot, uh, especially because he's been focusing for this, but when he's played recently, the, the approach game has been bad. And that's, that's a bit uncharacteristic for him because in 2020, when he was just you know, piling up uh, great finishes and contending and he actually won. I mean, that was a strength of his game and it's starting to come back uh, certainly here more recently, but, but is he all the way back? Is he striking it again? He's lost strokes off the tee in two of his last four. Um, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit worried about the ball striking on Sung Jay and enough with combine that with what I think his ownership is going to be that I can probably avoid these guys on DraftKings and I can get access to them in, in, in other places. Okay, the 8K range. Um, so this is where we start to... This is maybe the last tier of guys with with actual win equity here. So a couple of things to note, and I want to go to the trends tool here for this one first. Uh, so I've just adjusted the the the, the DraftKings fantasy points uh, since the start of, of 2021, and I've sorted it by most DraftKings points. And names like Morikawa and Hovland are up there. Mito Pereira 
is in there. Talk about that in a second. He has a much smaller sample size. Uh, but then you get to Thomas Peters. So Thomas Peters averaging 78 DraftKings points per start, uh, which is fourth most in this field. And again, that throws out all sample sizes. Uh, and, and it makes sense, right? When you guarantee these guys, these guys four rounds, birdie or better percentage is going to be huge. And we have seen, we have seen Peters uh, really make a lot of birdies, uh, threaten eagles. He's a volatile type golfer when he plays, which is usually very good for four rounds. You don't have to worry about the missed cut, but he has that, that showdown equity. He has that ability to shoot the low round of the day. Uh, so him at $8,100 and being the, the fourth, the guy with the fourth highest DraftKings points, uh, since the start of 2021, again, smaller sample size is pretty interesting. Other guys that are pretty interesting in this range. Uh, I think that Garrick Higo, uh, has proven himself to be a winner, right? At, at basically any, any stage, whether it's challenge, whether it's European tour, uh, even here on the PGA tour, there's a skill in winning. There's a skill to being the last man standing, which he has proven over and over again. Uh, he's $8,300. That would be a pretty interesting buy situation. Um, I'm not as excited. I think about like a Mark Leishman or I know, I just know Tommy Fleetwood is going to catch a lot of steam this week. Like I can just sense this already. People cannot quit Tommy Fleetwood finished 33rd at the open championship. I guess that's okay. Made the cut at the U S open fine. I, I'm a little bit worried about Tommy. Um, you know, the, the driving worries me, uh, his, his irons, not nearly as good as they once were. He's been about a zero or so over his last five measured starts. That's not the version of Tommy. I necessarily want to invest in. Um, but I know he's going to be popular. I probably can't get there in that range. Uh, there are a few guys. Okay. So, so here's one of the kind of big things that's going to have to happen here is you're either going to have to go down and find the guy in the $6,000 range that finishes like T19 or something like that. If you go back and you look at uh, the 2016 Olympic Games, I mean, the guys that you expect to finish at the bottom kind of finished at the bottom. But you have to find kind of find the big mover. Uh, and who's a, who's a chance for a big mover? I think Mackenzie Hughes has a chance to be a big mover. This is now a sustained... A stretch of really good golf for him. You know, the sixth place at the Open Championship, he was one of the um, the three-way leaders after 54 holes at the U.S. Open, played well at the Rocket Mortgage. He can get hot with the putter. If you remember back to, I think it was last year's Tour Championship, someone will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. He was the big mover, right? Um, he was the guy that I think finished, I think he finished seventh without the starting strokes. So that was worth a lot of points. Uh, he moved up, he improved his position in a big way. This is the type of guy that I think can pull this off and he's playing well enough here at the moment. The 7k range. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's going to be some steam for, um, Johnny Vegas, right? He's, he's been playing beautifully. Uh, another runner-up finish uh, last week, 11th at the John Deere. He had a runner-up at the Palmetto, top 10 at the, at the Byron Nelson. Um, playing beautifully. I do worry that, I believe, so I think it's him. Um, who else is going? Uh, Reed, I guess, is going to make, make the trek to play. So you're going to play England to, um, to Minnesota to Tokyo. I don't know what that's going to take out of these guys, but there's only a couple in the field who are rocking and rolling. Johnny Vegas is one of them. I imagine he's going to be pretty popular. I mentioned Mito Pereira, uh, and I've talked about him probably each of the last four weeks. He's doing uh, what we kind of expected, 
right? So now look at this run of golf. Uh, and I have, uh, I have his corn fairy tour results here in the, in the golfers, uh, profile tool. So since his win at the Rex hospital open, that was the corn fairy tour event that got him the battlefield promotion. He missed the cut in his first PGA tour start. I'm not all that worried about that. Uh, then he went 34th at the John Deere, 5th at the Barbasol, 6th at the 3M Open. And if you noticed, gain strokes off the tee in all three of those. Gain strokes on approach in all three of those. Uh, was 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 dynamic, uh, essentially, from tee to green. Putted well at the 3M Open. He is going. He's the other Chilean with Joaquin Neiman. And man, I don't care what tour it is. If you win golf tournaments like he's done three times this year on the Corn Ferry, um, and you get an opportunity to be priced at, let's see what he is, $7,200. Um, yeah, let's fire it up. Let's let's fire it up here. I, I'm, I'm not afraid. Four rounds. Go and get it. Let's see what happens. One of the other names here uh, that I will probably grow on as the week moves on is, is Antoine Rosner. Um, so he is, so there are guys who have like never sniffed the PGA tour in this field. Uh, and there are guys that come over and they have a little bit of success and, and they show us something. And I think Rosner is, is the latter there. So if you look at his metrics and of course I just misclicked, let me try this again. So Rosner has eight measured rounds this calendar year, but um, he also has some other events that he's played here. So here, here's what I think is a little bit encouraging. The PGA Championship, so his last three starts. PGA Championship was three starts ago. He gained seven and a half strokes on approach. Seven and a half in two rounds because he missed the cut. Um that is special. He lost 4.6 around the greens. So he hemorrhaged strokes around the greens. His short game's pretty sour. Uh, Memorial gained eight and a half strokes on approach, finished 18th, and then he made the cut at the Open Championship. And again, we don't have the advanced metrics from uh, that event, so we don't know how he did it, but you can probably assume it was via ball striking. This is an opportunity to say, hey, Rosner, can you find a zero putter? Can you be a zero putter for four days? Because you might be one of the better ball strikers in this field. And not a lot of people are going to realize it. Not a lot of people are going to play him. They're going to play the guys they know more so from the PGA Tour and try to go with some balanced builds because they don't want to dip their toes down into this water. Um, that is a guy that I think makes the case for a really good pivot and one of these guys that could win you all the money. Now we jump down to the 6K range. And let's be real. Um, you know, we don't know who a lot of these guys are. And a lot of them don't have any PGA Tour experience. A lot of them play on other tours. But I think there is still an opportunity for um, for some success here. So uh, Henrik Norlander will probably be the most popular one, I imagine, in this range because he is someone that people play before. He's coming off of a fifth-place finish at uh, the Barracuda. He's made five consecutive cuts with a handful of top 30s during that stretch. I think he's going to be the most popular one, and I, I absolutely get it. The other one I'm interested in, and I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name here, is, is Audrey Arnas, who is the partner of, uh, well, it was John Rahm's partner. He's, he's representing Spain, and he's not in as good a form as I, as I would like, but made the cut at the Scottish Open, made the cut at the Irish Open. But when, when he has played uh, bigger time events on the European Tour recently, he's played really well. Let me read you off a couple of these. So you go back to the end of 2020. He went uh, T10 at the DP World Tour. That's their, that's their finale. That's the big event. Matt Fitzpatrick won it. Uh, that's where uh, Lee Westwood was, was crowned the Race to Dubai champion or whatever it's called. Um, so he finishes T10 there. 
Next week, he goes T12 at the Abu Dhabi HSBCs. That's the one Paul Casey won, I believe. T9 at Omega Dubai Desert Classic, which is the one that was won by... Oh boy, now I got to click it because I can't remember. Oh, that was the Paul Casey win. Sorry. So the HSBC's Abu Dhabi. Oh, Hatton won that one. Right. So these are these are fields with, with good golfers in them. Apologies, Terrell. My bad. Uh, then that stretch of golf that they played in Spain, he went back-to-back eighth-place finishes there. And, of course, the two made cuts here recently. This is kind of interesting. This is a guy who is um, going to be much more familiar in this type of field and and what it's going to take out of out of him to finish you know T12 something like that uh than a lot of the guys that are also in here. I mean, these are all great players, right? I'd love to have the game of any of these guys, but it's hard to imagine a lot of them are really going to uh, contend. Now, you're going to get a little nod for Sepp Straka because that's a name that people know. Uh, you might get a nod to, uh, usually on drafts, because I believe he is referred as as Ashen Wu, but it's Wu Ashen because of the family name comes first uh, in China. So don't be confused about that. So I, And then Honor Bon Lahiri, I think it's just a name that people know, and he finished third uh, last time we saw him at the Barracuda. I'm not as interested in that. I think I want to get leverage here, right? This is your opportunity to get leverage. It's your opportunity to uh, get a cheap guy or two that you compare with some of the studs at the top, because I think that's where the vast majority of this win equity is, is the probably top 10 or 12 golfers uh, in this field. Let's go build a custom model here. And I have no idea what to expect because uh, it's not like I have a ton of data on all of these guys, but let's go let see. And because I don't, let's open it up to 36 rounds. Cause I might have a lot of European tour guys that, um, you know, come over every once in a while. I'm, I'm trying to build a little bit more of a data set here. So the way that I would do this at the moment, knowing what I know about the golf course and what I think about it, um, approach has got to be big. We got to go 30 on approach and we got to go 20 off the tee. I think that's right. Then we have to just give a little nod again. This is like my blended little, just a little blended um, strokes gain total. We're going to go 10 around the green. We're going to go 10 on putting. I think we also have to go pretty big and we can probably run the rest of it out there. Let's just do this. Let's try this 30 on birdie or better. Um, anytime you get a no cut event, what, what is going to happen is uh, there's going to be a ton of guys who outperform their finishing position with their DraftKings scoring. I'm trying to find those guys. So last 36 rounds, uh, my blended strokes gain total and a huge emphasis on birdie or better. And my, my top golfer is, oh, mama. Yeah, Colin Morikawa. That sounds about right, doesn't it? Morikawa, number one. Victor Hovland, number two. Can I stop now? I'm just going to rock those guys out there. Mito number three. Again, he has much less, many fewer rounds, about half the rounds as the other guys, but it shows you how good he's been. Paul Casey, Xander Shoffley, Abraham Anser, Roy McElroy, Justin Thomas, Johnny Vegas, and Corey Connors round out my top 10. Hideki Matsuyama makes an appearance at number 11. So this is pretty interesting. Um, I will have to figure out Paul Casey because you guys saw it here first. My sentiment was a little weak on Casey. Then I looked at the numbers. Now I run a model. I don't think I should be all that harsh on him. So do a little bit of homework there. Um, the rest of this looks good. I don't know if I want to buy into the Vegas stuff, although I said that last week and it would have paid off in a big way. Just trying to see who else shows up here. I have Reed as 19th, uh, not an emphasis on stro- on short game, which certainly hurts him. I have Sungjae at 21, unfortunately, because the approach game hasn't been all that good. I'm just trying to see if there's any big and again, I don't have a lot. There, there's some guys I have four rounds of data on. So keep that in mind or two rounds of data on or no rounds of data on, which is kind of the range we're getting into here now. Interesting. Okay. Well, 
we got some homework to do. And remember, this locks early. So um, get to making lineups. Get to everything in there. Again, congrats to everybody with Cam Champ tickets. Uh, let me know what you're thinking this week. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.